I'm Jack, your host, and this is the Right in the Fields podcast. Whether you're a guy trying to figure out your feels in this crazy, crazy world, or you're a woman trying to solve the puzzle of why men think the way they do, well, this show is for you. This is the Right in the Fields podcast. And today I got a really special guest. I mean, all my guests are special, but this one, I don't know if I need to even introduce him. <laughs> he's a basketball player and he's schooled me on the court a couple of times, but it is Steven Lim. Welcome, Steven. Oh man, I thought you were going to have Jeremy Lin when he said basketball player. I was like, that's going to be great. Let's... Uh, no, thanks for having me. I'm, I feel very special to be here. Glad to be here and, uh, you know, ready to talk about all things feels. So let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you got engaged recently, and okay, well, I want to do a proper intro. If if you don't know who Stephen Lim is, you're probably living under a rock. <laughs> but if you don't, <laughs> he is one of the co-founders of Watcher and host and creator of a hit show on BuzzFeed, Worth It, and many other things. Content creator, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, you created your own YouTube channel a long, long time before, so you've been in the the community for a long time. So that's. That's if you haven't been um, living under a yeah, rock. Yeah, no, and I feel like I met you, I don't know, a long time ago. When, what, mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't remember the first time we met, but it feels like we've known each other for at least five, four, four years? Five, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I think like anytime, the community is really small, so... Mm-hmm. I found, you find some way to meet each other. And obviously, Christine is pretty well connected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she worked at Wang Fu for a while. So it all like meshes. But we know each other very well from playing basketball. Playing basketball, and that, yeah. And the group of guys that we play yep, with. Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Christine actually is a big reason I have a community in LA because I watched a video that JP produced of her. And then I got connected mm-hmm. to JP through Twitter because of that video. And then through that, I met you. So uh, yeah, we can thank Christine for us knowing each other i know that the always summer project video which jp and a couple of his friends produced that is like a connector right there (laughs) because a lot of people didn't know what a producer did for a youtube channel and then they pretty much educated a bunch of people about what they actually do yeah yeah i get yeah it's like a real job (laughs) it's not like i think for a while people were just thinking oh christine's just a friend that's like hanging out with them she's like no i'm this is a job i'm actually working possibly the most effective person (laughs) working yeah yeah for sure i wanted to bring you on the podcast not just because you know you're a friend and you're steven but you got engaged recently (laughs) i did so congratulations thank you six months later six months later i'm giving you congratulations (laughs) on this podcast i did congratulate you in person yeah (laughs) well it is kind of a weird thing uh getting engaged in a pandemic i think engaged Mm -hmm. married all that stuff because like a lot of stuff that you Mm -hmm. want and you dream of doing you know as a child it's like oh i'm gonna have like this grand proposal i'm gonna do like a giant wedding but then it's like okay now there's this factor of covid who should I tell beforehand? I, I want to keep the circle close so that, you know, not just because mm-hmm. uh, of the surprise, but because of COVID safety. So, yeah, I, it's weird. I, I think I saw you weeks later after, you know, through basketball. But, yeah, yeah, it's like that whole planning process was interesting because we're still in a global pandemic right now. I know. In many ways, it's like a pro and con because I know a lot of people who got engaged during the pandemic and married their decision making is different like it actually cuts down on a lot of the things that you probably there would have been more variables Mm -hmm. but now there's less variables so in some ways it simplifies things but also makes things different for sure i don't know if that was the case for your your engagement i actually um wanted to get engaged i think most people they say that it accelerated their engagement in marriage but for me Mm -hmm. it actually slowed it down because i was planning on doing something earlier but then um because of the uncertainty of the pandemic, we were like, okay, let's take it a little bit slower and see where this lands. And then hopefully, you know, have a wedding post pandemic. But uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely like solidified our desire to get engaged, get married. But uh, it, it definitely made it more challenging for us. Mm. What well, did you, without giving, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you t- talked to Tammy about it, who's, who's your fiance, but your original plans with how you wanted to get engaged versus what ended up happening, <laughs> the execution of what happening, was it was it drastically different? Um, I think like if I had planned something not in a pandemic, I think there would have been more people. Specifically, mm-hmm. you know, our families weren't able to make it. So my parents oh. live in Texas. 
Tammy's parents live in Korea. And so we did have like a friend hold a laptop for them to zoom in, <laughs> which is... That's so pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a, such a pandemic thing. Uh, zoom in the people that can't make yeah. it. Yeah, And uh, it actually worked out because then some of her friends actually who wanted to be there could make it as well. But um, yeah, mm. I think like I, if there was one big difference, it would that we would be able to fly in the parents. They could actually meet, mm. so they could be with us, celebrate the moment. But it ended up being all of our LA friends instead, which also was fine, you know. Well, one of the things that when we're talking about engagement and when I approached you about um, being a guest on the podcast was I think it's really important. Part of the theme of this podcast is for men to talk about the feelings, mm-hmm. especially Asian men. And I thought one of the things that a lot of times I grow up with, obviously, like guys like myself, you know, Asian Americans with immigrant parents, we don't really talk about love very much even our own love stories. We don't share them amongst our own friends, amongst our own guy friends. A lot of the times, it's like a weird subject and a lot of times guys don't want to get into mm-hmm. it, which is why I thought it was perfect to bring you to talk about your love and how you have fallen in love and gotten engaged <laughs> and going to get married. I mean, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. And for a lot of men, they don't really think about the steps that it takes to get to that point. It's just something that they're like, oh, it's going to be a checkoff box at the end of the day. Is that a, but it takes a lot Is that of, a cultural thing, by the way? I thought about that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. getting married does feel like the checkoff box of success. Is that a thing? Yeah. Culturally? I, like, I'm, I've been trying to, like, pry into that a little bit, too. I was thinking about it. I do think it's bigger than culturally, but for Asian men in particular, mm-hmm. I think it's just something that when we're talking to your parents, they're like, oh, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you first figure out your career and then because you want to be stable, you want to be financially stable. Then next thing is just you find a girl and you get married and then you deal with all right. that. But all, there's so much that goes to, to that step of getting engaged. Like, I don't think that parents, a lot of times, at least stereotypically, mm-hmm. right? They don't really talk about development you need to make <laughs> as a man emotionally yeah. to become a good partner. Sure. And that's, that's a huge thing. For sure. And I think a lot of times men put a lot of focus on career. I got to get educated. I got to put develop my skills in my career so I can become financially stable. But that same amount of effort you put into your career, you have to also put into development emotionally mm-hmm. to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. So when you do get engaged and you do become a husband and then a father, yeah. that all that stuff, I, all those skills that you built up will apply. I agree completely. I feel like, and just going back to my own upbringing, I do think that like mm-hmm. I was kind of what you were saying, raised in a way where I was very task oriented, like just like get things mm-hmm. done, move on. So it was like, okay, great. Find a girlfriend, get engaged, have a wife, have a career, buy a house, have a dog, maybe many kids and grandkids. And that's like the cycle yeah. of life. Whereas like, I think the turn for me where I felt like I kind of started to grow up was when it became more about the journey than the task. And so, yeah, yes. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. I think that's like something that, you know, we were not raised, I was not raised to think that way, but I think like just going through it, I've been able to learn to like sit in the moment, enjoy what I'm going through and to grow from the hardships that, you know, I've encountered. Yeah. I think that the task oriented part is links to duty. A lot of men think in the duty aspect, like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is my duty to fulfill with my family. I should accomplish these things for myself and for my family. And then part of that duty is also finding a girlfriend that leads to a fiance that leads to a a wife. Totally. And once that's done, I'm good, right? (laughs) How much more work (laughs) is there? And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Anytime you've been in a relationship, you know, there's a lot of work to put in that it's not as simple as like, all right, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll do, I'll buy you flowers. I treat you nice. And that's it, right? (laughs) No, there's a lot of level of intimacy that if you haven't really worked on, if you haven't really invested in that intimacy of understanding yourself along the journey, then you're going to be at a deficit. And then in the relationship, you'll feel that for sure. you know, because your partner is probably asking for that. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I think like, uh, I'll talk about Tammy real quick. One of many qualities that makes her so beautiful is that she is a, a wizard when it comes to processing emotions. And uh, I've started to learn <laughs> that, uh, that <laughs> skill set, uh, especially learning and meeting her and getting to know her. For me, when things don't go my way, I just throw a tantrum and figure out what to do next. And and then, she, like, I want to fight her because I want to feel like that she mm. loves me. 
and then she just doesn't fight back. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Like, we're supposed to fight here. <laughs> but I've just learned a healthy relationship does not require like blow up fight. There's a lot of maturity that I've been able to come across. But we can talk about that more as we get into the podcast here. But um, yeah, no, I, I love how um, I mean, that's kind of like the heart of what we're going to talk about, you know, is is your development in that kind of realm. And Tammy, obviously, is a huge source of that. You know, she's able to ground you mm-hmm. in those moments where you're starting to realize why I have so why do I have so much fight? Because at the end of the day, this is we're building a team, right? Yes. So the more I fight, actually, what you're trying to do is problem solve. You're trying to find a solution. But if you're not focused, if you're focused on the the thing that that's holding you back, which again, we're, we're going to figure out what, <laughs> what some of that is. For a lot of men, it's the same yeah. thing. It's a, there's a similar uh, thing that is internal with us that plays out in a relationship. But with Tammy, <laughs> let's let's go back. Let's go a little further back because I did want to bridge career and development in relationship and love Mm -hmm. that for you it it all starts somewhere right in the beginning just like for you when you started creating a youtube channel and you you know quit your job at procter and gamble that's a that's a big decision much like in dating that's like early on in the game Mm -hmm. how did you approach dating early on you know when you were young and naive and (laughs) kind of ignorant in many ways yeah um man i will say that I was not good at dating growing up. I think I had a very closed-minded view of what that should look like. Specifically, I do think it comes from like growing up in a more traditional background in an Asian yeah. culture where like men and women had very specific roles in the household. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. go back like 50 years and things were very different than they are now. Um, even 100 years, 200, mm-hmm. like the world has drastically changed and especially gender roles. Yeah. So I personally mm-hmm. actually like had this thought in my mind, like, oh, okay, I will be the man. I will provide for the woman. I'll provide for the family. She will be the one who is the caretaker. Like this was, and I'm admitting this, you know, because this was what I thought I, was the way to do it when I was like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. But yeah, I think like growing and, and learning, I, I think like early in my stages, like when you become in a relationship with somebody you just start to realize a lot of the things that you assume were just flat out wrong. And uh, mm-hmm. actually I've dated, I would say, a, how many people have I dated? It's a number that's higher than five, <laughs> which I think is pretty... <laughs> is, is this something we have to worry about? Have you, have you come clean with Tammy? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. She knows everything. <laughs> uh, <in terms> of, like, <laughs> she knows everything good. good. Not just like dating, like long-term okay. relationships. And yeah. so... Um, Thankfully, that all kind of prepared me for Tammy. But yeah, I, I think I made the same mistake over and over and over again. I think going into them, like assuming my role, assuming their role, and that desire for control in my life and for my like future, I've just had to kind of let go. So yeah, similar to kind of my work at Procter & Gamble where I just kind of quit. I, I think I realized like I need to figure out what I like, like I guess be educated on mm-hmm. how life is changing, how the times are changing and you know, what's best for myself, for her, for my relationship. So very long-winded answer. I guess what I'm trying to say is it took me many tries to get to where I am now. Well, that's analogous because when a lot of times we perceive a job or a career in a certain way before we actually do it. So that's the same thing as dating or relationship. Mm -hmm. We we have this perception of like, oh, this is what I grew up knowing. Like you, you, kind of alluded to i grew up with a lot of gender constructs too and that's not to blame my parents or anything like that. that's just how they grew. for sure so they pass that down in many ways and i being in a modern society now in america where things are different than a lot of how our parents grew up things are changing for us we grew up with a different set of uh, things being taught us taught to us in society mm-hmm. even that going into it it's like the first job is like all right i think i got this figured out but you're like no i don't got this figured out at all and is this something i want is this something i want to do but you're also focused on yourself you're focused on yourself because you're just learning totally same thing as dating you're in the beginning just learning and a lot of times you're learning more about yourself than the other person but you have to account for another person Mm -hmm. so what happens is a lot of problems (laughs) (laughs) which is why early relationships don't work out that often unless you really stick to it and a lot of times some people their first relationship they end up together for a long time and they end up getting married but that in itself if you talk to anyone who's been together since high school or whatever that's a grand journey right there that they learned they grew with into themselves in that relationship Mm -hmm. But for you, using the analogy, Procter & Gamble, you quit, 
you had to discover something for yourself. You created your own YouTube channel. You know, you did, you're doing something for yourself as, as dating, you're trying to figure it out. You also have to take a leap of faith, you know, like for you, I think moving to California was a big leap of faith because I, I listened to the episode on perfectly imperfect <laughs> and um, that there's not much going on in the YouTube world in Ohio, right? Not so much. You had yeah. to, you had to make that leap for sure. So with that leap, the same thing as dating, when you move to LA, you're really jumping forward and you're taking more risk, you know, mm -hmm. and that's like in a relationship too. I think you said you were in like about five longer term relationship for you in those relationships. What did you really learn about yourself early on that you needed to work on? Yeah, so much. And, I, and I'm still learning those things now. So <laughs> that, that is, this is a never ending list. I think the first thing that comes to mind is I, and I, again, I'm working on this still, but is, is not being selfish. And I don't mm. consider myself to be a selfish person generally. Like I think I, I find myself to be pretty giving and caring and empathetic and, you know, mm. but like in a relationship, it can oftentimes become like, okay, how can this person serve me? Like, this is about us, right? This mm. is about my needs. I need this. And like, of course I'll serve your needs as well, but how can you serve mine? And even yeah. if I don't say that outright to her, that's definitely how I've treated my relationship in the past where mm. I feel like it's about serving my needs because this is like so personal. It's like mm -hmm. my marriage, yes. my wife, like my life. So I think that's the first thing that and I'm constantly struggling with this all every day, like becoming selfless, really trying to serve the other person. Um, yeah, that's I think the toughest thing. The second one I would say is tied to it. And it's kind of like mm. this ever-present looming thing, but it's my pride and mm. how I want to be right and how little mm. that actually matters. <laughs> yes. And uh, no matter what, like I, like I find that like when I fight, it's like I want to prove that I had the right intentions and I was the one who did things morally correct. But like, I don't know, does it, does it actually matter at the end of the day? Like why? I'm trying to think of an example, but like, you know, uh, does it matter that I'm the one who does the laundry all the time? No, like who cares, right? Like it, it's mm -hmm. just, we're a team now and I'm treating yeah. it as if like we're keeping a ledger of right and wrong and it, that it actually doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like how you put that. I think a lot of times in relationships, we keep that ledger. Mm -hmm. we, we count it up in our heads like, all right, well, I'm going to give in to you this time, but next time I'm going to hold strong on this and I'm not going to budge. And then the other person's like, whoa, you know, like, why are you taking this huge stand right now? Yeah. Because you got this running ledger in your head, especially for men, like pride does stand in the way for a lot of things. And as you said, also, like, it's that what can the other person do to serve me? I think, and I don't want to generalize all men, but growing up, I also felt that way as a guy, I've kind of taught to like, oh, these you're supposed to surround yourself with things that help serve mm -hmm. you to build yourself mm -hmm. up so you can be, it's not all bad too. You're, you're trying to build yourself up to provide, to give to others, be generous, right? right? But you also need to utilize these things around you to build yourself up because unless you have accumulated skills and resources, you're not going to be able to do that unless you, you, you commit to being a little bit selfish. For sure. And I think that's the same thing in a relationship. A lot of times you can't make that switch. If you've been doing that your whole life, like, okay, I got to build myself up. I got to prioritize me and then make that switch in a relationship. It's not easy. It's going to be very hard to mm -hmm. do. And I think that's the struggle you probably are talking about. Yeah. I look back at my time in my dating relationships and I, I think like if I had just let go of that earlier, I think so mm -hmm. much would have been resolved faster. And yeah, as a guy, I have a lot of pride. I'd never want to let things go until I'm proven right. But why? I don't know why. <laughs> I just wanted to be right. <laughs> and you don't really realize how much pride and how much stubbornness you have because we've talked, you know, play basketball. Like you're the, you're one of the nicest guys I've met, and, and I've met a lot of people in this in the community in the industry. And not everyone's who they appear to be. Let's just be honest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm not trying to call anyone yeah. out. I'm just saying that's the reality of the world, you know, um, especially in entertainment. But with that said, it's you don't understand how much pride and how much you need to work on unless you're in a relationship mm -hmm. because with friends it's different even good friends you're, you're not you don't talk to them every single day they're not asking you about yourself mm -hmm. and like pushing you to grow in certain ways so you're like oh shoot all right there's a lot of things i need to work on i'm sure tammy has experienced that yeah definitely 
By the way, the other thing I just thought of um, in terms of like growing mm. in a relationship is the acknowledgement of the truth and subtleties of life. And I feel like mm. a lot of guys don't want to admit that, oh, I was, I don't know, flirting at this situation or I was like interested in this. Mm-hmm. Situ- like I put myself in a precarious situation here. There's a lot of denial there and like, oh, like even to the, oh, I liked this person's Instagram photo. What does that mean? Like, why are you doing that? Like, why am I doing that? Like, it's harmless. It's just like a double tap. But like, what am I being honest with myself of why I'm interacting with somebody on social media? Because I think like at the end of the day, you were not perfect. We're human. And but as long as we are able to acknowledge it, and communicate it and move on from it, that's the healthy way to do it. Because, yeah, I know myself, I'm not perfect. I've gone through my ups and downs with Tammy, and uh, I've made Mm -hmm. mistakes before, and, you know, I've never cheated on her, but I've definitely, Mm -hmm. like, and I wouldn't say, like, I've thought, I haven't definitely not thought about it, but, like, I've definitely put myself in situations where it's like, oh, that's, like, that's a gray area, and I should not be doing Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, I think the only way to move on from that is to be honest with Tammy and tell her exactly what I was thinking, where I was, what I was doing, and uh, why I should not be putting myself myself in those situations. I love how you bring that up because I had a similar situation early in my relationship with Christine. I think I was just kind of unaware, especially when I was single. I was like, oh, I'm, in, I don't have ill intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not like, oh, no, I'm, I'm speaking to these, to this girl in my life and as a girlfriend or whatever. These girlfriends in my life, I'm not, I'm not like trying to get at them, but. There is also a level of consciousness that my partner is telling me that she's seen something mm. and it's up to me to take it in. If I choosing to be with this person because I value their opinion, mm-hmm. you know, for you, it's Tammy, for me, it's Christine, then I should value what they're saying to me. Of course, it has to be worked through, right? Because everyone has their insecurity. Everyone projects things. Right. But it's the communication of all these things that are going to grow your relationship. Sure. You know, no one's perfect. Tammy's not perfect. Christine's not perfect. But... They're feeding us information. They're feeding us things that we don't see ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we don't listen to that, at least have a dialogue. Instead, just have pride take over and be like, well, that's not my intention. Right. So I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. We're still not really trying to get at the whole team building aspect. All right. All right. Let me really listen to what you're saying. Yeah. And let's figure out what's the balance. Is my approach something that's causing you anxiety? You uh-huh. know? Because that's not my intention. That's for and it's sure. It's easy for guys to be like, "Oh, I, I don't know. I was just trying to be friendly, or I was just being naive." Like it's it's mm-hmm. easy to like fall back on that. But I think it's important to be intentional in the way that we do interact with other people. Mm-hmm. One thing that reminded me of is with Tammy specifically. Um, one thing that she's been really mm-hmm. good about is just like being honest and also like extending forgiveness. And again, I'm not you know I'm not saying like I've done anything that's like you know bad or cheated on her or anything or wrong, but she's always like mm-hmm. understanding. And I think she gives me psychological safety to do that. That's the importance. And, yeah. and I think in a relationship, you need to provide that for your partner where like they don't feel like they can't bring things up, even if they're minuscule because they think it'll blow up. So um, that's one thing that Tammy has really taught me actually a lot of. Well, that's actually a really good thing because a lot of guys, especially when I was younger in relationships, I was always scared to, I didn't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to cause more emotional distress in relationships relationship because I predicted, okay, my girlfriend at the time is going to react negatively. So I'm just going to not talk about or not yeah, exactly. something. Yep. And, and that gets every guy in trouble because <laughs> for them, they're like, well, I'm not lying. Right. I'm just not, I'm just not telling you <laughs> something. Right. And the girls are like, that's lying. <laughs> that's, that's being deceptive and manipulating. Yeah. And that, that's like probably the most common situation, yeah. <laughs> especially early on in a lot of people's relationship. One thing that I will say is that when you go from singleness to a relationship, you mm. have to transition your, your mindset. Cause right, right. One mindset is you're looking for somebody. Like you're looking for your partner mm-hmm. in crime. One mindset is you are not looking for anybody. You're committing to one. So it's like that transition mm-hmm. actually takes some time. And it's okay to have yeah. like a period of time where you're like, oh, I am falling back into my old habits. But hey, let's build new mm-hmm. habits for my new relationship. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think building those habits uh, is something that is not easy to do. But you have to be aware of your of those habits in itself. Mm-hmm. Because if you aren't aware, then it's going to come back to bite you and hurt your relationship down the line. For sure. And being open to dialogue and open to communication with your partner comes down to a couple of things too. You said Tammy provides you that safe space. Mm-hmm. 
And I think for a lot of men, they don't feel like they have that safe space because they kind of hold it in. They don't communicate that they need that safe space because I don't think they truly understand that they do. So they end up just going along with what they've been used to. Just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to dictate things. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, kind of a need to know basis. For sure. And then that will be good. And that ends up getting yourself in trouble. And they don't even understand like, oh, man, a lot of times you reflect back like, oh, if I just didn't lie about that, I wouldn't have caused these problems. This reminds me but, of like every breakup I've been through. It's like I, <laughs> I don't want to experience the pain of the breakup. So I extend the, mm-hmm. the relationship. <laughs> and it's just like mm-hmm. only going to get worse in that sense. And uh, mm-hmm. with like, you know, confronting your problems with your partner, there is a level of pain that you will experience, right? There, uh, yes, Tammy's providing safety, but it is painful to bring things up. It's like getting, I don't know, like a vaccine shot or something. Like you have to experience the pain to experience mm-hmm. the benefits. And once you're able to like acknowledge that and put in the hard work, then you can be clear of, of freedom. But until then, it's like, yeah, we have to <laughs> experience the hardship and be able to face the music sometimes. But uh, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I know that because I suck at breaking up, even though it's like you're actually doing both of you a favor if you do that earlier rather than later. Something I learned, you know, way too late in life. I think a lot of us have been in that situation <laughs> where you look back and you're like, oh man, I was trying to prolong the thing that I needed to do because I didn't want to, I wanted to avoid pain, but it ended up being way more pain <laughs> down the line. Yeah, for sure. So when we reflect on why we might not be able to communicate open and honestly, uh, especially early on in a relationship and we're being challenged in a, a relationship where we really want this to work out, we, want, we see the long term in it. I think a big portion of it is, is men like to avoid emotional conflict mm-hmm. because we're not really taught to figure those things out when we're young. We're just like, you know what? Just move along. You know, don't, don't get too emotional. You got to just focus on what you need, to, what you can control. And emotions are something that if it's uncontrolled, then a lot of times, especially Asian parents are like, well, no, no, you don't want to get into that state of mm-hmm. mind, you know, because maybe you can't focus on your studies or you can't focus on these things that are tangible. Right. That's the same thing I feel like happens in a relationship if you have been putting that off. You know, you haven't, you're just scared. You're scared of confronting a situation or or working through a situation with your partner that is emotion based. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times men are scared of that. They're like, dude, I don't want to get her upset. Oh, this is such a headache. And it's like, that's like with anything. (laughs) It's a headache because you're not putting time and energy and figuring out what needs to happen to figure it out. Yeah. But, but for you in that struggle, realizing your own emotional maturity, when do you think there was a jump? Because a lot of times it's tied to a spiritual kind of awakening or spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Did, did that happen for you? For sure. I think so. And I will say, so I, I was born and raised Christian. Being mm-hmm. Christian does not mean that I was a good boyfriend or understood these <laughs> concepts. In fact, like it can actually be the opposite because mm-hmm. spirituality can become a crutch or even like a reason for you to do bad things. Mm-hmm. But I think like for me, understanding the crux of Christianity helped me personally to achieve a level of emotional intelligence and maturity that mm-hmm. I wasn't able to before. And it's simply based on kind of the, the whole premise of that faith, which is that like God came to the earth to die and to sacrifice and to serve other people. That was yeah. the purpose of uh, in that faith. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, I could be self-righteous and pious and say like, I'm, I'm a right or wrong person and that's the way it should be. And if you're wrong, get out. I'm right. Like, great. It's really not about right or wrong, but more about me and how I can serve other people, specifically my, my fiance and not just that, but like how can me and Tammy as a unit then serve the world through our love? Yeah. Um, and let that be a you know a representation of our faith and our spirituality that other people can see. So yeah, definitely, I feel like that definitely played a role. And because we are on the same page spiritually as well, we are mm-hmm. aligned on our values. So we know that if I if we disagree on something, ultimately we have something that we can fall back on as our truth. That's so important to to understand. It's like connecting on what your values are as a person, mm-hmm. and then finding a higher purpose. Because it's easy to fall in the trap, especially in a relationship, as you kind of were saying earlier, it's being selfish because that's kind of what you're used to. We're, we're, we live in a life where we, we have to, we prioritize ourselves because 
we're living our own you know that this is our 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 chance obviously before heaven right this is our chance to do what we want on this earth totally you know so it's a lot of easy it's easy to be selfish but when you focus on your values and purpose then everything changes around Mm -hmm. you everything really does and you know that's that's kind of spiritual growth it doesn't have to be tied to religion or a religious belief necessarily spirituality is far deeper you know you don't have to necessarily believe in a god but if you do that's great for sure and it does help anchor you but with with tammy in specific like having that all aligned that really guys brought you to the next level but how long did that take i mean how long did you did you date tammy for (laughs) i think we're still working on it uh that's the (laughs) secret of a relationship is that it's it never ends. The work never ends, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we definitely have had some breakthroughs. I think because we were very upfront with, with each other when we first met, it's always been mm-hmm. relatively easy to know that the values are aligned and the spirituality is aligned. Mm-hmm. There were definitely hard times earlier on mm-hmm. um, when I felt like, oh, can she trust me or can I trust her? You know, it's kind of weird actually is like I've had exes in the past be like make sure your phone is available for me to look at any time of day or like mm-hmm. i know i can log into your facebook and tammy's just like i don't care i don't need to see your phone mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me and she like does not want to have to read my phone to like trust me yeah and i think mm-hmm. when i accepted that i feel like that was a big move for us because i also used to be like okay we have to share everything like you have to share bank accounts yeah. and passwords and you know and, and she's like no we're our own individual why do i have to feel like i have to monitor you it's like that's not the whole point of the, the relationship so that was definitely a big thing for me and I, I feel very lucky that tammy we all have our anxieties and we all are jealous people mm-hmm. but not to say that she's perfect but she definitely has a level of trust in me that i think uh is important to be the foundation for uh, a healthy relationship but it, it takes time and i don't really know when but it just takes time. Yeah, I, I love what you said about what Tammy reflected in your relationship where, yes, you guys are together, but you're also individuals. And I think mm-hmm. that fine balance is so important because you are individual people. You do have your own thoughts and your own aspirations within that relationship that you're going to try to work together to achieve. And sometimes hard decisions need to be made yeah. because not all decisions prioritize both people. Mm-hmm. But that's the very thing where you're going to work together to grow individually and together. I think a lot of times people don't understand. It's like, well, once you're together, you just just make all the decisions together and then you sacrifice for each other. Yeah, And that is true, but you also have to understand that before you're together, you are these these separate people with, with different thoughts and you align a lot of things, but you also don't at the same time because you're raised differently or you think differently. It's, it's, and to embrace those differences is super important. It's funny how much times have changed too because like work, having the conversation about like last name. What do you do about last? Like, yeah. are we the limbs now? Or are we the chose now? Or are we, am mm-hmm. I limb and you're cho? Um, we settled on not changing her last name. So take that for what that means. But she's somebody who has developed her own career. Her cho means a lot to her. Mm-hmm. It, it ties her back to her family heritage, her sisters. Yeah. And so it was important for her to keep that name. And, and to me, it's like, I think I wanted her to change her name i was like okay mm. please do Lim. but then like she's like okay fine i'll do limb and i was like wait no that, that now that feels wrong <laughs> no no stay with joe stay with joe so <laughs> you're just yo-yoing her right? <laughs> I, I think like I, I realized that i didn't want it when she was like willing to give it up mm. that was something that we and then now we're like figuring out bank accounts like what do we do like my parents they had one bank account everything goes to one account mm. they both see what everything mm-hmm. goes in and out and that's just how they do it. And so I'm used to that. But then like Tammy's like, oh, you know, yeah. my you know, my sisters are all saying that they have separate accounts, they have their entertainment account, they mm-hmm. have like the the main account. So um yeah, it's just like all of this is like a representation of what you are. Like are you one person? Are you two people? Are you one and two people? It's that fine line that we're just figuring out. And it I don't know. I think it's an infinite conversation and you just mm-hmm. find the right balance day to day. Yeah, I agree. It's an ongoing conversation. Not everything needs to be cited and it's forever. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what growth is. You know, like we think what's solid 
whatever, 10 years goes in our life when you got into the industry. It's totally different now. You have your own channel, for <laughs> God's sake, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so many things change and nothing is truly permanent, totally. you know, because you're always growing and in your relationship too. But I love the different conversations. I, I thought the same way when I was talking to Christine about like her last name. And the funny thing is she doesn't need to change her last name because it's Chen. So <laughs> it's, I never have to worry about that. But I did think about the concept of it. I was like, well, if she did have a different last name, I told her, I was like, I, I don't think I would care. Yeah. But that's just something that I had to really grapple with to be like, what does it even mean? <laughs> you know, like, why would I need her to change it? For sure. For anything. It's just tradition. Yeah. You know, and even what does tradition mean? Right. Christine and I talk about this all the time. Patriarchy. Right? To change a name, it's like a, a sign of belonging. Like you're part of this part of the family. Mm -hmm. now. And I was like, uh, I don't really necessarily like that concept. Yeah. <laughs> but. Again, I'm also a thing. I have a thing for tradition too. So, dude, it's it's hard. It's these conversations are not yeah, easy. Yeah, it's like ingrained in our childhood. And mm -hmm. other another thing is like, oh, what about the kids? Like, is it going to be confusing for them when their mom is Cho and their dad is Lim? Yeah. It's like, but at the end of the day, we're like half our friends are doing this. By the time our kids are grown up, they're gonna be. It's gonna be totally normal. They're not gonna worry about this. So, we're just part of that like movement forward of. Yeah, maybe taking down the patriarchy. Maybe maybe this is our contribution to taking down the patriarchy. <laughs> yes, this is why this is why this podcast exists. Like we can we can take down the patriarchy for the next generation. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> now that you're engaged, <laughs> it's a big step. And we talked about the planning earlier. There's a lot of things I wanted to get into about your actual engagement. First of all. Um, there's a lot of stress that goes into when guys plan an engagement. Yep. It's very stressful mm -hmm. because it's a big thing. You know, you want to like make sure you do her justice and you want to pull all these things. And a lot of times guys aren't good planners. No, no. Terrible. Is, is that the case for you? Are you a good planner? Uh, I'm a good executor, not a good mm. vision guy when it comes to a wedding mm. plan. Uh, I, I haven't really mm. thought about this a lot, honestly. Uh, and honestly, like, and part of it too is like I growing up thought the woman would take care of the wedding. That was like ingrained in my mind yeah. as well. So yeah, I, I have to make sure I at least do my part 50%, if not more of the wedding planning. And a lot of times nowadays, I think before it was like, okay, she'll plan everything. But now the modern woman is like, no, you have to contribute 50%. <laughs> yeah. Like you think you're just going to skate on by? <laughs> For sure. And uh, part of it too, actually, we recently bought a house together and so oh, congratulations. thank you the money went to the house <laughs> and now none of it's mm -hmm. left for mm -hmm. the wedding so we're trying to figure <laughs> out what to do there I, I always thought this don't go don't get me wrong like i think wedding is is awesome especially you just get to bring your family and friends together to celebrate mm -hmm. that's the one thing i love about weddings it's not necessarily all the attention of like we're the grand epic love story that we've been embarking on but we're definitely going to go into it in terms of marriage but it's really about the party and bringing people together, but the amount of money you have to spend on one night is yeah. crazy. I don't, I don't know. What you can to buy do. a car sometimes. You could buy, you could buy <laughs> multiple cars. You could put a down payment yeah. on a house. You could do a exactly. trip. You could start a business with that money. Like this, just <laughs> we went to a wedding recently. They spent like over 150k on the wedding. I was like, this is that's insane. Why? How do you? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure, actually, another wedding we went to, I'm pretty sure it cost over a million, which for them was like nothing. Wow. But I was like, dang, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> just how? I don't know. It's crazy. I know one thing about you and Tammy, especially you, when you bought her the ring, too. Mm -hmm. um, it was from a company called uh, Duomore. Yeah, Duomore. Duomore. Mm -hmm. And when guys go into the ring buying process, a lot of times they rely on, well, your future fiance is like, best girlfriend or something mm -hmm. like that and like there's a whole diamond industry or just education that a lot of guys have to get into to understand what the hell they're yep. gonna buy for their significant other and that's again stressful and also <laughs> something that's a huge financial commitment but you you know you decided to go another route and i really want to have you kind of explain that because this is important i really do believe when i talked to christine a lot about this about when we were going to get engaged we had a conversation like, what kind of ring would you want? Mm -hmm. Let's let's be responsible and understand what you actually do want. And if you do want a diamond, and which she doesn't have a diamond, what's the route we want to go? Yeah, because this is going to impact our financial future too. For sure. First of all, uh, yeah, the company Duomore, we chose them because 
they are a socially conscious company. A lot of the diamond companies of old, they were taking diamonds from pretty sketch areas that were using essentially yeah. slave labor or even like mm-hmm. war to mine them. Yeah. And so we we thought, you know, how can we kind of push away from that? And so we chose a company that not only sources their diamonds from sustainable areas, but also gives back part of the proceeds to other charities. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. more context on the diamond that we got. We got something called a lab diamond, which I don't know if our mm-hmm. you know listeners have heard of before, but essentially their diamonds, what they take millions of years under lots of pressure by the earth to create. We thought, well, you know what? Let's just buy the ones that they, you know, they make in a lab that take around eight weeks to make under high pressure that's mm-hmm. like just manufactured. And the result is identical. In fact, it's like, yeah. you know, chemically, from, the, from a chemical property standpoint, they're identical. It's just a story. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they haven't been living in the earth for millions of years. And it's cheaper. <laughs> so it was like half the price. <laughs> so I got her like a pretty big diamond for like a pretty small price. And uh, yeah, it just like, it, it, it just feels like there's no conflict whatsoever in terms of mm-hmm. where that was sourced, right? In fact, like, you know, the person that we work with, Chris, who's the owner of Duomore, he regularly checks in with the suppliers and knows exactly what their process is. So there's, you know, there's no issue there at all. But yeah, I had to kind of go through that, that education process of like, what is a diamond? Mm-hmm. What are the shapes of diamonds? There's like round, there's oval. Oh my gosh, yeah. Princess cut, <laughs> all these things. I yeah, <laughs> I think we got, what did, uh, we got, we were going to get oval, we ended up getting Wait, what is it called? I already forgot the name. The information just comes in. It's one a rectangle ear cut. <laughs> and out the other ear. Uh, radiant. It's called Radiant. Oh, Radiant. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great cut. It looks big, which is great. Like a lot of the it's surface huge. area on yeah. the, it comes to the top, like the, the bottom, you don't really see as much. But uh, so you get even more bang for buck there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then also, actually, I just asked Tammy, like, what do you want? <laughs> and yeah. she, that actually answers two questions. One is, does she want to marry me? And two, uh, <laughs> the pressure of deciding on what diamond uh, was kind of put into her hands. Because mm-hmm. honestly, Tammy, Tammy is like a very, she's a designer. So I did not mm-hmm. want to put a rock on her hand that did not fit her aesthetic. I knew that it yeah. would bother her. Um, even though she, you know, she was like, you do, do whatever you want. But I just was like, you know, you choose. And then we were both happy with it. I, one, I wouldn't say regret I have, but one thing I will mm-hmm. say is I brought in her, one of her close friends, Annie, to help me with the diamond. And I was like, you know, Annie, do you think, um, I should get the bigger one or the smaller one? <laughs> and of course the friend is going <laughs> to say, get the bigger one. So uh, <laughs> if you don't want to get the bigger one, don't ask the friend. Yeah, I think her exact words were, "I've never met somebody who regretted getting a bigger diamond," <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we ended up getting the the bigger one. But uh, thank you, Annie, if you're listening to this, you're the reason why we got such a big one. But it was cheaper than yeah. a normal diamond, dude. That same size for a real diamond, I think. Uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to buy that house right now. So <laughs> that's for sure. Definitely not. You probably could buy the house. Yeah, you could trade one for one. <laughs> But I, I love what you're saying right now because I think that whole process of buying a diamond and just having that open conversation with a partner, especially now, I think like a lot of times we're so stuck up on like, oh, you know what? Everything has to be a surprise because if it's not a surprise, then, you know, it says something about your love. It says something about this or that. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, I mean, we're we're all adults now. We're not like 18, 19 years old. You know, we can have these conversations. Sure. And that's the part where, I know a lot of people who bought diamonds and later on the girl's like, oh, you know, I, I, let's, let's exchange it for something else because they're like, oh, I would, I would have liked something else, which is fine. But if you can eliminate a process, mm-hmm. you know, the guy's like, dude, you know how much I went through to get this thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can eliminate some of that, yeah. that guesswork, then I think it's, it's perfect. And especially we, I also looked into lab uh, grown diamonds and stuff because I, I was the same as you. To me, it's not even just about the diamond industry, which is a racket. It's really about this one thing, it doesn't need to say something about us. Mm-hmm. And letting the influence of society or the outside world dictate how 
we view ourselves, I don't like that concept. Like, oh, you have to wear this type of ring and everyone has to be in awe mm-hmm. for you to feel like, wow, our love, I'm worthy of this love that other people perceive. Because you are already are. Whether you wear that ring, like a fat ring or not, mm-hmm. like you are. So there's that whole conversation I had with Christine. And this is why I actually don't really necessarily like the idea of just having that a diamond or, or whether it's a lab grown or whatever diamond or whatever ring that you buy, like be the definition of, hey, you know what? This is, everyone needs to see this to see how much you love her. For sure. That, that, that bothers me a little bit. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's a construct of tradition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of it is also from marketing plays, I believe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a little silly. Like, you know, it was important for Tammy to have a ring, obviously, like it's a, it's a symbol of the love, but it doesn't mean that I love her any more or less, for sure. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to come close to this episode and we've talked about a lot. I mean, I know now, especially for you, you've been, how long have you been doing uh, established watcher? It's been two years now. Yeah. Been two years already? Yeah. That's crazy. You guys grown at some a rapid pace. And how long have you been with Tammy? Has it been co- uh, a little like longer similar? than two years, like two and a half years? Yeah. Wow, so it's crazy that when you really started developing that relationship with Tammy, you started on this new journey of being your own boss, you know, mm-hmm. co-founder at a, a company that's growing exponentially. And same as your relationship, it's growing exponentially. <laughs> You're getting married and stuff. I mean, what's what's the future look like for you, you know, on both ends? Because it kind of comes full circle. You know, you went through so much with early relationship yeah. to really learning about yourself. And now two new adventures on the horizon yeah. there. For okay, I'll start with Watcher because it's not as interesting. But Watcher is growing; <laughs> uh, it's doing really well now, actually, and and we're actually hitting a stride where we have, I think, twelve full time staff. So it's wow, it's that's, that's crazy. Cool to see, you know, in two years we were able to get here. Hopefully, we can um, continue to grow from here. And uh, mm-hmm. we're always looking for new talent, whether it's you know creative producers, editors. Always need editors. If anybody's editing out there, listen, <laughs> please apply. Uh, and salespeople, even there's just everything that we need. We're looking for. We're currently hiring. But yeah, this is, it's been exciting, and I am glad that I've been able to make this my job. Like I, I can't believe I get to yeah. run a media company, but it's it's super fun. In terms of the Tammy front, recently I've been getting baby fever. Um, what I know, <laughs> we've been just like a lot of our friends are having babies. And yeah. they're so yeah. cute, and yeah, I just want one. Tammy, on the other hand, it's, it's because you also just turned thirty-one, right? <laughs> yes, age definitely has something to do with it. I thought I would have kids by the time I was twenty-five when I was younger. So you know, isn't that ridiculous? What you thought then, <laughs> right? And and then before then, they were like, my my mom had me when I was like fourteen. I was like, wait, what? I, you know, <laughs> yeah, times have changed for sure. So yeah, I want to definitely have a kid sometime in the future. I don't know when that's gonna, that's gonna. Pretty much dependent mm-hmm. on when Tammy's willing to open yeah. the gate for that. Mm-hmm. And I'll just wait patiently uh, in the wings. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we, we'll, we'll take care of our fur babies and uh, use that as practice for, for real babies. But uh, no, yeah. It's, it's good practice. We are trying to figure out what to do with, about the wedding. You know, we spent the money mm-hmm. in the house, worry about the wedding later. Now that we have the house, mm-hmm. we kind of have to figure out what to do. And so maybe we'll just like find some sort of efficient way to, to make that happen, like some sort of cost efficient way, do like a friend's yard or I don't know, go do it in like a public place. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We we haven't really talked it through, but that's, I'm not worried about it. She's not worried about it. Like it's, it's not a big deal. So yeah, we just want to make sure that we, you know, invite our family and friends and, and they can celebrate that love with us. Yeah, I'm. I'm worried. Christine are in the same exact situation where obviously we got engaged before the pandemic, but then because of the pandemic, we kind of just tabled everything. Mm-hmm. It's because it's weird to plan anything, um, not knowing what the circumstance will. But now we're like, should we just find a venue <laughs> that's not like a traditional wedding venue and just like throw a party together? You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's we're, we're not we're not like stressed about it. It's just it'll happen. It'll happen, <laughs> and we'll make the most of it. <laughs> but I say that now, and then Christine's gonna be like. You're not stressed now, but once we start planning, you're gonna be like, <laughs> you're gonna be like, you're gonna regret those words. We're not worried about it. <laughs> no, you're fair. not worried about it. Yeah, um, I feel like she would. But, I mean, I don't know. Actually, do you think she'll be pretty good at that? 
just knowing Christine? Yes, I want to say yes right now because she was a wedding planner. Before. Oh, she was. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. then easy. She, but she always tells me, "I'm like, dude, you were a wedding planner before. Just, just like it's like riding a bike." She was like, "That was like freaking 15 years ago." <laughs> and I was like, uh, "You know, like riding a bike." I said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the thing is, I feel like it's it's like Tammy is so good at work. She's like the most efficient, effective person I know. But like when it comes mm-hmm. to personal life, she does not take care of herself. Mm. And that, like I've, you know, mm. my job I feel like has been to teach her how to take care of herself and like to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And I think like for wedding stuff, she's gonna, you know, I think she could plan a killer wedding for somebody else, but for herself, we'll we'll find out if uh, if we can do it. So, yeah, dude, isn't that the case for a lot of things? Like when when you're held accountable at work or, or a situation with your friends, you plan a, a friend's party, you're like, oh no, I want all the you know, T's crossed mm-hmm. and I's dotted. But then for yourself, you're like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, we'll just do it in the backyard. Yeah. So I, ho- I hope uh, all the skills that you've been working on with that inner growth and being uh, <laughs> selfless apply to the wedding coming up. You're going to have to at least put in 50%, yeah. if not more now. <laughs> for sure. 51. 51. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Stephen, for coming on uh, and, and really sharing your experience and your growth, not just in your career, which is public, but also in your relationship, which is largely private. So that's, that takes, it takes a lot. And I, I really do hope that it helps kind of unlock the same thing for other guys, other Asian men, or just other men that definitely um, are struggling through some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely do a part two when I have a little more wisdom, a little more marriage under my belt, you know? So uh, oh, yeah. I'd love to come back and talk about what I learned. <laughs> I'm still growing. I know, I know. It, it doesn't end. It really doesn't end. It's still early on for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not even married, and like people who have been married for ten, fifteen years are like, "Calm down, little puppy." <laughs> There's so much more to come. I'm like, "What? I've already been through so much." <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Stephen, can you can you help share where to find you before we end this this podcast yeah. episode? You can find me on Watcher, YouTube.com/slash/Watcher, and uh, that's the main one. Subscribe to there. And that, that'll help me the most. I do have social media at Stephen KW Lim, but I recently cleansed my phone. Nothing on my phone right now, what? just because I've just been, you know, it's been taking too much time. So uh, trying oh. to, you know, at least in the next week, I think off the apps and uh, come back in a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually do want to mention that, you know, your fiance, Tammy, she's involved in a nonprofit organization. She's a co-founder for Hate is a Virus. And that's something that I've, put money into I've, I've donated and it's just really important to mention that because you know it combats racism but not just combats racism it really uh, puts in the work with educating people from a standpoint of what to actually do you know for sure involved in the community and how to like make actionable steps that's super important so i do want to mention that because i i'm <laughs> it, it hits me close when i mm-hmm. when especially with all the hate crimes recently that i'm glad that there are these organizations and people are putting together these in many ways, grassroots kind of uh, building blocks in nonprofit organizations. Totally. So, yeah. Um, and I'll say, you know, yeah. thank you on behalf of the organization. I'm not a member of Inside, but for Tammy and for them, they, yeah, it, they're, they're so grateful for everybody who has contributed because it's it's tough to ask for free mm-hmm. money. You know, that's their job. It's best yeah. to give their money for a good cause. But yeah, thank you so much. With that said, you can, you know, I'll, I'll link all this stuff below that we talked about. And again, I thank you guys for joining us for another podcast episode. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. And I hope you have the great holidays um, with your family and Tammy. Thanks. You. you too, Jack. Thank you. I hope this episode finds you well. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.